Welcome to the Mixing Babies and Business podcast, where parenthood meets professional development. We'll be covering all things business, flexible, and remote work with kids. I'm your host, Amy Lynch, and I'll be interviewing inspiring guests who've been showing up as their full selves as parents and blurring the lines between their personal and professional lives. Visit mixingbabiesandbusiness.com to join our movement to parents seeking to invest in themselves alongside their kids. The next interview features two guests, Sheena Brady and Solange Tiashime. Sheena is a parent, social entrepreneur, professional speaker, tea sommelier, and storyteller. She is the founder and CEO of Tea's Tea, founder and co-founder of Founders Fund, and is on the Merchant Success Leadership Team at Shopify. Solange is a parent, an international keynote speaker, social entrepreneur, and philanthropist. She is the president and CEO of Elevate International, co-founder of Nyla's Legacy, a UNICEF Canada ambassador, Mrs. Canada International 2019, and Mrs. Canada World 2021. This is the first of three mini episodes of our conversation, which took place back in November as part of a virtual event I hosted for parents and is split into three parts. Stay tuned for future episodes. Let's get into it. Thank you both for joining us today. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having us. Most people have been pivoting for all of 2020 and changing, you know, adapting as they go. So my first question for you both was, how have you adapted your workflow so far during the pandemic? And is it still adapting as we go? Yeah, I can go first. I Definitely, I've had to change my entire uh, workflow. I think like, especially having, you know, I had a toddler at home for most of the pandemic. She's, she's back in daycare now. But of course, you know, I had to pivot for sure earlier on. And for me, that just meant a couple of things. Number one, having to get up earlier before her to obviously get as much done as I could. Uh, distraction free in the morning. Sometimes it's painful. It's 530 in the morning, but that's just that's just a reality. And then the other the other thing I do is just show myself some grace and understand that I'm just not going to be able to do um, as much as I might be able to have done previously and to be okay with that and recognize that it's completely fine and that you know, I, I need to be kind to myself under these circumstances and just do the best I can to balance, you know, being a parent and having a business. So I think for me in terms of a adjusting um you know obviously there's uh, there's a lot that we've had to change we do have three little ones at home so when you have three under seven which actually sounds better than at the beginning because there were three under three and that was just horrible it was like three diapers every three hours it was just it was ridiculous yeah but I think that for me the biggest change I've had to make which uh I'm now feeling grateful for is to be just kind to myself I think at the beginning, I really wanted to just keep going business as usual. And then I just told myself, I'm like, wait a second, like, what am I doing? I have these children, you know, we have children at home who need our love and attention. And, you know, I feel that through every horrible situation, there is also an opportunity for something great. And this was an opportunity for us to really reconnect as a family and spend quality time together. So yes, there was some schoolwork, but there was also a lot of storytelling, watching movies together, and just sometimes doing nothing and baking in the middle of the day if they really wanted to. Because I feel that as parents, those are things that we are, we are not often able to do again, because the kids grow up and they move on to other things. So I I needed to just take the time to say, okay, if that report is not done, or that 
or that, you know, uh, business part uh, of uh, that part of my business is not completed today, it's not the end of the world. Clearly, there's far more important things happening in the world. And one of them is telling us that life can change at any given moment, anytime. And therefore, we need to be grateful for what we genuinely have. And then number two was just to really be good to myself to really set up a schedule that worked for me. Because I think pre COVID, we were all doing these things that you have to do at a certain time. And we were all so busy, like ridiculously busy. And now you look back, you're like, I really do not have to be that busy. I created a circle of people that I reach out to or that I celebrate, whether it's on my social media or whether I talk to them every now and then, people that would elevate me and I keep them closer. But at the same time, I just created a schedule that I said, okay, I'm not going to wake up, you know, at a certain time, or maybe if I wake up at a certain time, I will have time for myself. And then I'll have time for the kids there. I really prioritized. And when I prioritized family came first, because if anything, we've realized that we can build it all. And it can fall apart at any time because tomorrow is never a given. Tomorrow is is a gift that we hope to get and we only have today. So I've really changed a lot about my outlook, the way I work in my business, the people I bring in my business, and I work around my family instead of my family having to work around my business and my organization. Yeah, you actually mentioned some incredible points that I I couldn't agree more, especially the point of pre-COVID, like I think we were all running around like crazy to the next thing, right? Like the next networking Mm -hmm. event, the next whatever. And it's it's a lot. And I think like if there's anything that COVID has taught me, it's, you know, being forced to slow down has made me reflect and realize why was I rushing to all those things to begin with? And that's what I hope post-COVID as we enter our new normal, that I keep that self-reflection with me that I don't need to be running around to all the things I don't need to be at all the events at all the whatever even though you know my inner um, business woman would tell me otherwise in the past like no I, I don't need to do all the things and so I'm really looking forward to that post-COVID era of like hopefully keeping that intentional slowing down top of mind mm-hmm. for sure Have either of you read the book essentialism no, I feel like we're living oh. it right right now. So I might link to it after the fact because that book really great. changed my mindset around. I, I'm not a super focused person. I can be when I need to be, but it's just all about cutting out the things that aren't essential in all areas of your life, which is easier said than done. But um, for those who don't know of your professional and personal backgrounds, can you explain a bit about how you got to where you are now and what sparked that? journey for you? Yeah, sure. So I, my background was in hospitality previously. That's what I graduated uh, college in hospitality management. And so that led me on a career in service leadership in the hospitality industry, where I got to work in some incredible cities like New York, San Francisco, and then eventually Toronto. And when I worked in Toronto, I was actually tasked to uh, build the biggest tea program in the city at the Shangri-La Hotel. And at the time I didn't even drink tea. So I knew I had my work cut out for me to build such a robust program that include uh, different cultural services for different types of tea ceremonies as well. So I became a certified tea sommelier. And the long story short of it all is that in becoming a certified tea sommelier, I really appreciated the world of tea. And, and most importantly, for me at that time, I couldn't find the representation in tea that I wanted to see specifically, you know, you could see a David's tea in every shopping mall, for example. And that was really representative of like mainstream tea. And, and like, I'll be transparent 
parent, I kind of look at David's tea as the gateway drug to tea, no disrespect to, <laughs> to David's tea whatsoever. But when you do have some sugars in your tea, sprinkles, gummy bears, artificial flavors and ingredients and everything, that just didn't really speak to me as a consumer. Um, but then on the flip side, you also had Savannah's in, in many shopping malls, right? And that was like another competitive brand compared to David's tea. And it was almost like information overload. Like you'd walk into a Savannah and it would proudly celebrate, you know, the history and the origins and processing and all these different things about the tea that it was also, you know, again, too much information for the average consumer to like soak in uh, and can be a bit intimidating. And so for me working in hospitality, 12 hour days, long shifts, I love tea more than anything because it made me feel good. And I knew that however I was feeling, there was always the tea for that, whether it was to reduce anxiety or help me sleep better, reduce PMS symptoms, like whatever mood I was in, there was a tea for that. And I thought, well, I would love to experiment building a business, a tea company specifically, that addresses and represents that consumer like me, that just wants you to make them feel good. And so at TC, that's what we've been doing um, since day one. We firmly, we fundamentally believe that however you're feeling, there's always a tea for that. And uh, we give back to programs dedicated to empowering women entrepreneurs through our Founders Fund program as well. Solange, could you, I don't know if you can just choose one moment, but just there, was there a pivotal moment where you just decided this is my passion this is my mission in life I think I had always had that fire in me I always had this thing inside me of wanting to make the world a better place and obviously it comes from you know being a child and being a refugee and seeing so much that was just so wrong with the world and not only seeing it but living it and experiencing it for numerous years and seeing the long-term effect of that I really wanted to make sure that there'll be less and less people in the in in this world that will live that reality so I think I in everything that I did I always added that philanthropy piece in it but I felt that for me you know, once we lost our daughter, it felt very real about what life is truly is about. Uh, because it, it's really just that taking that breath in the moment, that is life. And we, we make it bigger than it is, but you realize how much, you know, the breath really in itself was we breathe in and breathe out. There's so, the, there is so much that it means, uh, the beginning of life, the existence of life, the end of life, as we had just experienced it. And I felt that life couldn't be just a sum of horrible moments. I felt that, you know, I had been a refugee. I had so I had lost so many family members. And I and now when I thought that life was good, then I'm losing a child. So there is no way that I wanted to be the definition of my life, that I wanted it to be a sum of horrible moments. And then I felt that I really needed to dedicate myself to my purpose. And people are like, oh my gosh, what such a big thing to try and figure out. But for me, it was always to make the world better. And I quickly realized that women and girls are really sitting at the table. And then even when I looked at all these amazing organizations that we have for women, about women, to empower women, to advance women, many of us didn't feel like we, we fit in. And I wanted to create a space where we talk about leadership because I felt that as someone who genuinely wanted to make the world better, my voice was not being heard despite the experiences, the knowledge, and the academic background that I had. I felt that I wasn't 
sitting at the table and people kept saying, lean in. And I'm like, well, where do you want me to lean in? Because I'm not even in the door. Like, where do you want me to go? I'm going to lean in on what table? And often people felt that if you talked about leadership, they would give you sort of like this cookie cutter position that kind of makes you feel important, but you know what you're saying is not really creating the impact that you would like to see. And I just thought that despite everything that I had lived in my life, I wanted to create a space where women and girls can genuinely speak their voice, create the change that they need, they want to create and be the leaders that we deserve to be. So Elevate International was sort of my cry to the universe saying this, uh, these horrible things that we see in the world, in the world are not it. There's more to it. There's more goodness to it. And unfortunately, we're not seeing the more goodness to it because the world is still unfair. Yes. But also there are also circumstances that are beyond our control that will come and affect it. So if that is what is happening, then can we make sure that more people in this world are leading the way they deserve to be? So we really had to redefine leadership if we wanted to make the world better. Because I think at the beginning, we genuinely just want to see people give funds to support, which is great. It's amazing. But long term, can we create more leaders who are speaking the same language and making the world better? And on that note, my next question was related to leadership. So it was about how parenting has impacted the way that you lead, if at all. It sounds like from previous interviews, you've mentioned losing your daughter, Solange, and how you were holding a lot of things inside and not really letting people get close to you. And you had to learn to let people in a bit more. And that included your business. So we're kind of sometimes I feel when I'm in a professional environment that vulnerability can sometimes be portrayed as a weakness. And now people are talking about vulnerability being a strength, but it can be a lot easier to say that than it can be to actually do it. So have you found, have you found if at all that becoming a parent has impacted the way that you lead others? Yeah, 100%. Uh, You know, For me now, I look at it as there are so many decisions that often have to be made. And I always say, what advice would I give my daughter? And it has changed everything for me because I think that even when you create an organization, you get so many people that come in and they, they want to probably tell you how you should do it when you had a vision about it, or if some of them are not kind at all. So then I tell myself, if my daughter came home and told me there was a bully at school who spoke to her a certain way, what would I tell her, right? I, I would tell her, A, did you tell them to stop? And B, did you defend yourself and say, stop that, I don't appreciate it. And three, did you say, actually, you know what, if you're not going to stop, then you do not deserve to be in my circle. But then for some reason, as adults, we, we forget that and we keep accumulating this junk of ideas from people who are not ready to be in your circle. So I, I felt that it has helped me so much clear, find clarity in what I accept and what I don't accept in my personal life and my business. But also, you know, as you talk about welcoming relationships, you know, it's something that I continuously working on and I, I am getting better because 
because I realized that as a parent, I keep, you know, telling my children to go out in the world and to be open and to be honest and to be vulnerable and to be kind, all these things. And for me to have allowed my, my, the circumstances I've lived in my life to really close me off, then I was just really, it's a disservice to me because I want to create all these beautiful things and I can't do them alone. You really realize how there's so much we can't do alone. And, you know, and, and I can actually uh, be fully honest when I, when I was thinking about being an entrepreneur, I did call Sheena and I, and it took me forever to make that phone call, but I, I'm not terrified of her or I, I, there is nothing there, but it was just this idea of, oh my gosh, A, if I put this dream out there, then it fails. Then what would that mean? But then I keep telling my, my children, you know, if you fail, try and try again. But then here I am as an adult, I'm saying, oh, if I really put it out there, then it's real. If it's real, then it's scary. And then what will she think of me? Because I'm this president and CEO of an, an amazing organization that's thriving. And all of a sudden, I know zero about creating, you know, a, a business on its own. And I'm like, oh, will she think that I'm not, you know, smart enough? But it's all these ideas that we tell ourselves. It's all in our head. But I kid you not, when I called her, I had so many notes and I felt like there was such a huge load that were that was like unloaded off my back because she was able to guide me to all these areas and I had clarity and I and all of a sudden I was like, oh yeah, this can really work. It doesn't have to stay a dream in my head. It can actually work. So I think that for me starting to open up to people in this world, it's really just one step at a time. And I think that having created that that circle and starting to grow that circle of people that you trust that you can go to with your ups, your downs, and they're, they will not judge you at all has made such a huge difference for me. But it's through seeing it through the eyes of our children, because they they do it all. One minute, they piss you off and you're like, but you still love them to pieces and you kiss them all over. And you know what I mean? There's, there's nothing that takes away from that love. And I don't don't know where as human beings we stopped creating their circles of people you can call on your good day your bad day your celebratory day your whatever day and they won't judge you and they will always give you advice and they will always support you through it all big thanks to sheena and solange for taking part of their morning to answer my questions about their pandemic workflows how their entrepreneurship journey began and creating an impact in the lives of women and girls Stay tuned for the next two episodes where we'll talk about learning to delegate while in labor, being vulnerable in professional environments, asking for feedback on your pitch, and why no one will show up for you if you don't show up for yourself first. Check out Sheena and her work at sheena-brady.com and Solange and her work at misssolange.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your network and leave a review. It helps other parents find the podcast. You can access more parent-friendly professional development, flexible and remote work with kids resources on my website at mixingbabiesandbusiness.com. Thanks for listening.